Thanks for tuning in to the New Life South Coast Weekly Sermon Podcast. We want you to know that we're excited about our brand new church facility located on 1331 Cove Road in New Bedford, Massachusetts. We offer three service times for you to choose from. We have kids classes for all ages so parents can enjoy the service while kids learn about Jesus. We'd love to host you in person, Saturdays at 5 p.m. or Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. Now, here's an encouraging word. So, I couldn't not take advantage of the opportunity of uh, using uh, a setup and then a nice opportunity to use the title 2020 Vision, right? So, once in a lifetime opportunity, so I had to jump on it. So, let me talk to you real quick about 2020 Vision. We all have seen this chart before, and this is how 2020 Vision is measured, right? We can go ahead and throw it up. So you've seen this chart before. I'm not even sure why that top E is up there. <laughs> like you walk into a doctor's office and you look at that top E and you can't see it. There's two questions. Number one, how did you get here? Because if you're driving, <laughs> we have an issue. And number two, you're about to go home with a new pet. Doctor looks at you and is like, Max, <laughs> you got a new owner, all right? Um, but here's how 2020 vision is measured. Within, from 20 feet away, you're supposed to see the specific letters that is a design size, a specific font that the average person can see from 20 feet away, okay? And that's the red line on the, on the screen, on the chart. So if you can see those lines, now some of you are trying right now, that's a huge screen. Don't throw your glasses away, all right? It ain't a miracle yet, yet. So if you can see that from 20 feet away, that means you have the sight of the average person. It's not perfect vision. This chart does not measure color, does not measure depth, does not measure movement. It doesn't measure peripheral, it doesn't measure any of that, but the fact that can you stand from 20 feet away and have the clarity to read these letters, okay? So, as we talk about 2020 vision, I'm not here to do an eye test, but I'm excited for what can God do next? And what can our vision be for 2020, okay? So, if we can go ahead uh, to the next one. The, the point I want to focus on today is in 2020, okay, can we ask God to adjust our focus? Okay. Can we ask God to adjust our focus? Because I don't know about you, I don't want to believe a big God to have, to give me normal vision. Okay, I don't want to believe the creator of the universe to just give me another average year. All right? So 2020 vision in the physical is one thing, but in the spiritual, I'm saying I don't want average. I don't want, 2020 isn't enough for me. I want to go beyond the norm, right? We preach a new normal, and I want to believe that. Does anybody want to believe that for themselves this morning? We just saw a video of 2019 and all the great things that happened. Those things don't just fall into place. It takes focus. 
It takes preparation, right? It takes setting goals. It takes working towards them. It takes going before God and believing for those things to happen. If 2019, if you look back and 2019 is a big blur, you got to adjust your focus. I don't believe the best is going to come if you're living life in a big blur, okay? We got to be intentional. And this goes for all of us, no matter who you are, where you've been, how long you've been here, how long you've been doing this, how well you know the scriptures, it doesn't matter, right? Because the longer you've been, the quicker you are to put your, your lens on autofocus and just cruise, right? So we want to manually adjust our focus coming into this year and not do it on my own. I don't want to hold the lens. I want to say, all right, God, help me adjust my focus. So I'm going to use someone in the Bible uh, by the name of Joseph to talk about focus this morning. Anybody familiar with the story of Joseph? All right, I'm going to fly through it a little bit. Um, so here's a little bit about Joseph. Uh, Joseph was a son of Jacob. Jacob had 12 sons. Uh, Joseph was the first son from his favorite wife. Now, obviously, if I say favorite wife, that means he had more than one. All right? Um, you can read the Bible. These aren't my words. She was a good-looking one. All right? It's in the Scriptures. Um, so Amen. Joseph... <laughs> I got an amen. <laughs> so Joseph was the first one, the first son from Rachel. And Jacob was blatant about showing the rest of the kids how much he loved Joseph and how much he was his favorite. Horrible move from Jacob's part as a father, you know. But he was blatant about it. And his brothers knew, oh, here comes little Jojo. Jojo can't do no wrong. He's always doing something right, right? We out here working. Jojo, what's he doing inside? Reading script? What's he doing? Singing? Like, what, you know, like, but Joseph definitely had Jacob's eyes. So one day, Jacob hooked them up, and the Bible says he bought him this fancy, colorful, beautiful coat. All right? I actually was able to dig it up. Can we put a picture of it? Here's Jojo. His brothers are sitting here rocking burlap. Like, they got hand-me-downs, handmade, right? They've been passed on from brother number 12 to number 11 to number 10. And here comes Jojo, all right? By the way, true story. If you go to Versace.com, there's a deal going on right now. See, we're, we're going to hook you up right now. There's a deal going on right now. Joseph's coat is on sale. <laughs> this is, I'm straight up, 50% off at Versace for only $1,300 right now. <laughs> this is a $2,600 jacket right here. Even Joseph would look at this like, what? <laughs> so Joseph was Jacob's favorite. So then God speaks to Joseph through dreams, okay? Now, I'm going to break this down to you real quick, and I'm going to tell you a little bit. Uh, we're going to see how God uh, used him and how God was speaking to him. So if you can put the, the dreams up. Uh, and this whole story is in Genesis. I have the chapters. Go back and read it uh, so you can get more in-depth on it, okay? So it says, now Joseph had a dream that, uh, and when he told his brothers, 
they hated him even more. He was wearing a coat, by the way, when he told the dream. <laughs> and he said to them, hear this dream that I have dreamed. Behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and behold, my sheaf arose and stood upright, in your sheaves, they gathered around it and bowed down to mine. He's telling his brothers this, okay? Now, 10 of them are older, just so you know. Then he has another one. Then he dreamed another dream and he told his brothers and he said, oh, same scream. Thank you. Behold, I have dreamed another dream that the sun the moon and the 11 stars were bowing down to me, okay? Again, he's talking about his family. They are looking at him like they hated him even more, right? Now, I'm gonna mess up some of you right now and I'm not gonna tell you what happens next. I'm gonna fast forward 13 years. My wife does something interesting. If she's watching a tense movie, that she's getting anxiety over, and she's like, she's freaking out. You know what she does? She pulls out her phone and Googles the ending. <laughs> she does. In the beginning, she used to say, you want to know what happens? I'm like, no. But she still does it. Now she just doesn't ask me because she already knows what the answer is going to be, but she Googles the ending. But then she sits through the movie and enjoys it. Knowing what's about, it takes the pressure and the tenseness out of it, and now she can just sit back and enjoy it, right? So I'm going to mess you up real quick, and I'm going to go to the ending. Here we go. <laughs> Dreams do come true, okay? Can you say that this morning over yourself? Dreams do come true. Oh, that wasn't enough faith on that one. Come on, I don't have any dreamers in the house. Dreams do come true. I don't know about you, but... I'm still dreaming. You know, there's no way God is done with me. He's done so much already, but there's no way he's done. I'm still dreaming. So here's what happens 13 years down the line, okay? Genesis 41. So Pharaoh asked them, asked them, he's talking about now. Now, Pharaoh is the king of Egypt. He is the number one ranked person in the world at that time, okay? Can we find anyone like this man... Joseph, in whom is the Spirit of God, okay? Now, we got to emphasize that because everything that happens, understand, it wasn't about Joseph. It's about this man in whom is the Spirit of God, okay? That equals the playing field for everybody in here, right? Doesn't matter who you are, the Spirit of God says, I will abide in you, and I will do what I did for Joseph, Okay. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has made all this known to you, there's no one as discerning, as wise as you. Remember when he was 17 and he's wearing his fancy coat and he went and told his brothers, y'all going to bow down to me? This is the one that's the wisest man around, right? You shall be in charge of my palace. All of my people will submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you, okay? Here's the dream. All of my people, everybody but me, will submit to your orders, okay? Everybody will bow down to you. 
And then here comes another blessing. Pharaoh said to Joseph, your father and your brothers will come to you, uh, have come to you in the land of Egypt is before you. Settle your dad and your brothers in the best part of the land. Let them live in Bel Air. And if you know any among them with special ability, put them in charge. Okay? So now, because of Joseph, because of the favor he's found in the king or the Pharaoh's eyes, his brothers that hated him, okay, his father, who didn't know how to raise his kids, they get to live large, they get to be in charge, not because of anything they did, but because Joseph had the Spirit of God in him. All right? That's the ending. That's the ending. So why did I just share the ending? Because I'm going to show you what his life was like. And here's my thought. If we knew what God had in store for us 13, 15, 20 years down the road, would it affect the way we live today, tomorrow, the next day, right? If 17-year-old Wadley knew what 41-year-old Wadley has today, what would I be thinking? I can't tell you what my focus was at 17 years old because my daughter's in the room, okay? So I'm not going to go there. But 17-year-old Wadley had some focus, right, that would not, that was just a mess. Thank God, by the grace of God, there was a shift when I was 20 years old and everything changed. And I'm grateful eternally to God for that. So what if we just knew? And some of us, we've been here long enough, we've experienced so much already. So if you're new and you're like, but how much can God do? Talk to some veteran folk around here. Talk to some people who've been doing this longer. And they will tell you time after time after time how much God can go above and beyond what we think. And dreams do come true. But here's the issue. I don't have a crystal ball to put on the screen right now and to show you what, how your dream is going to come true 13 years from now. Yeah. I don't have that. We have the benefit of showing that in Joseph's life, but guess what? Joseph didn't have it either. Joseph didn't know. So I don't have that for you. So what does that require from you? That one word, faith, right? It requires faith. You just sing it, right? We just sing it, that we believe that, uh, you know, God is doing great things. Um, so the Bible's definition of faith in Hebrews 11.1 1, it says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. What are you hoping for in your life right now? Okay? Faith is the assurance, not the possibility, right? Not the gamble of something possibly happening, but it's the assurance. Not because of who you are, but because of who you're praying to, right? In the evidence of things not seen, right? You got to be able to see things in the spiritual, not with your regular 2020 vision, forget the eye chart, but be able to see things beyond the natural eyes and say, no, I'm going to see it. I've seen plenty of evidence in my life, and I know there's more that's going to come. 
As we keep our focus on Jesus, we continuously grow in our faith. It's a process, right? It's a journey. If we can have our focus right, our faith will continuously grow. So the word focus, I want to I wanna zero in on this word focus uh, right now. And I have a visual. I'm a very visual person. Um, so I have a visual that I think is going to help me, okay? Here's, here's where the Hershey's Kiss comes in. So y'all get ready. Anybody's resolution to eat more chocolate this year? <laughs> I was about to make your dreams come true. All right. <laughs> um, we're going to play this video, but I need you guys to pay attention. There's some directions that comes with it, all right? Go ahead whenever you guys are ready back there. Who thinks, raise your hand, throw your hand up in the air, if you think you know where the Hershey's Kiss is, all right? Where is the Hershey's Kiss? Uh, second row, right here. Right next to you. Come on up here for me. Yep, come on up. <clears throat> if you're new with, uh, to church here with us, we do bribe you with chocolate every once in a while, all right? Today is your day. What's your name? Aaliyah. Say it loud. Aaliyah. Aaliyah. Are you pretty confident in this? Yeah. Actually, do you want to just hold this mic? Okay. All right. Come on over here, Aaliyah. All right. Do me a favor. Right side, center, or left side? What do you think? The left? Yeah. Anybody want to help her? Or you good? Oh, you're good? All right. We can go ahead and finish the video and see if she's right. That was the easy part. Okay? This is like deal or no deal. Now, you, now we're going to step it up. All right? Did you notice a little toy a kid's toy in that video. No, I was paying attention to the cup really hard. You didn't notice a kid's toy? No. Really? No. All right. Did you notice how many hands were in that video? Uh, four. Say, get four. Four? Yeah. All right. Was it four? Anybody agree? We got some, no, you got some. Six. Six. All right. Some of y'all got to get some glasses on the way out. Um, did you notice the color of the cups other than the pink? Yeah. What color were they? Pink, yellow, uh, blue. Pink, yellow, and blue? I think. Yeah? You guys agree? We got some yeses and we got some noes. All right. So, Aaliyah. Yeah. Good news is mm -hmm. you're getting the chocolate. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And honestly, the good news is you were focused, and that's the whole goal. But here's what I want you, we're going to play that video again. There's a yellow rubber ducky that comes in. Okay. There's a fifth hand that comes in. Okay. And the blue cups get switched out, and they become green. Okay. All right? Can we give it up for Aaliyah one more time? Thank you very much. So the point is, and I'm glad I chose Aaliyah because it, it worked out perfect. Because some of you have seen these videos before, so you were looking all over the screen, right?
But the point is this, there's a power to focus, right? She knew her goal was inside the pink cups. Well, here's in a spiritual sense now, right? Your blessing, your dream come true is not under a pink cup, but it's under the will of God, okay? If you can stay focused, if you can stay focused and be under the will of God, you're going to get your Hershey's kiss. I guarantee it. It's a money back guarantee, right? And here's the beautiful thing. The distractions didn't phase her. Because here's what's going to happen in, in real life. You see, the devil's going to come around like this cute little innocent thing, like a little yellow rubber ducky, just to take your distraction away. Because you're going to say, well, that's harmless. But that's all right. It wasn't about the rubber ducky. It's about the fact that he got your eyes off of God's will, and you lost it. See, that fifth hand, you're going to have unwanted and uninvited input coming into your life. You're going to have voices that are coming from the outside that were never supposed to be in the picture. If you're so focused on the pink cups, you won't even hear that voice. You won't even notice that voice was there. I tell my, my students, I work with teenagers all the time, like, if someone is, is constantly on you and they're talking about you, whatever, right, be a brick wall. So then they look at me funny. Then I point to my brick wall and I say, if I talk trash to this brick wall all day long, eventually I'm going to go crazy because the brick wall is not going to give me any satisfaction, right, because I don't focus on it. So let the voices come. Let the fifth hand come. It doesn't matter because I'm so zeroed in on where my prize is. And then you got the blue cups that turn green. Because here's reality. You got your crew, right? But what God is saying, no, I want you to focus on the three. These three right here are where your blessings lie. There's some others around you, and that's okay. They can linger there. But here's what's going to happen, though, is as soon as you start to make strides, and as soon as God starts to reveal some things and do some things in your life, and blessings start to come, and their life ain't changing, they may kind of switch colors on you. Right? The friends that you thought you had and you thought they were there for you, all of a sudden they're acting a little shady and a little off color. But I'm good with that. Because I know my blessing lies in the three that I'm focused on. And here's the reality. Those blue cups turn green cups. Those friends, they know where the pink cups are where they need you. Right? They know when their time comes, who to reach out to because that's how God works. So, let me start talking about cups and let me get back into the Bible, all right? Um, so Joseph, I'm going to go back to the dream. Joseph had the two dreams. Remember, the brothers hated him, all right? Here's what happens. I want to talk about the focus of Joseph. I'm blown away, okay? Now, remember this, 17 years old is when it all started in the Bible. Is where we start to see it, okay? So we can go ahead and throw up the next one. Here's how focused Joseph was. In Genesis 37, right? So Joseph tells a dream to his brothers. They see him coming, and they spot him from a distance, and they're like, you know what? We've had enough of Jojo. Today is the day. Let's shank him. His brothers, they said, today is it. Let's kill him. So then one of the brothers, Reuben, 
had enough sense in them to say, wait a minute, wait, wait, that's, that's Joe, that's our brother. We can't just kill, we can't do that. So he was like, in his mind, he came up with his little plan, he said, let's do this. Let's throw him in his ditch. There was a dry well nearby. Let's throw him in there and just leave him there. That way, there's no blood in our hands, okay? That was his idea, but in the back of his mind, what his goal was is he was gonna sneak back at night when nobody was around and rescue his brother and bring him back to Jacob, his father, right? So the brothers did that. They snatched up his coat. They're like, oh, you're going in there, but we're keeping his coat, okay? They snatched up his Versace, threw him in the ditch, left him in there. Here's the thing that got me. A couple of verses later, you know what they were doing? They were sitting back eating. I'm like, man, you guys are foul. You just plotted to kill your brother, you threw him in a ditch, which by the way happened to be somewhere nearby, and now you're just gonna sit down and eat, like go on with your day? So as they're sitting there, they see this caravan of camels, this, this, this group of, of uh, Ishmaelites coming, and they had a bunch of goods that they were on their way to Egypt, they were going to go try to make some money and sell some imports, right? So Judah, one of the brothers, says, hey, let's not just kill him. Let's make some money off him, right? Let's sell uh, Joseph to these dudes, have them take him out of here, right? And let's make some money off him. By the way, his name is Judah. Remember Judas, how he betrayed someone else for some money, Right? Be careful naming your kids Judah, you know. You might end up getting, catch yourself being sold by your kid. Um, so they do that, right? They sell him. They take his coat. They kill a goat. They get some blood on it. Mess up his coat. Bring it back to his father. Said, Jacob, I think an animal got to him. Joseph is gone. All right? So now Joseph, again, 17-year-old Joseph, is in with this group of strangers being brought to a foreign land, and he gets sold as a slave to one of the high-ranking officers of the area named Potiphar, okay? Now, here's the part, this is where we see focus. Because I don't know about you, but if my own family, my own brothers, okay, sold me, first of all, threw me in a ditch, then took me, sold me to a bunch of strangers and say, bye-bye, you're a slave, I might have to wrestle with God a little bit. I might have to go back and say, wait a minute, how about those dreams I just had? You just gave me these dreams. I was so excited. I thought my brothers were going to be happy for me. I thought they were going to support me. And this is it? Because I wanted to share the dreams that you've put in my heart? But here's what's next. Fast forward a couple. No, we're still back there. Sorry. Bottom verse. So he gets purchased by Potiphar. And look at this. It says... Uh, he sees God in him. Potiphar sees God in Joseph and promotes him to be the head of his household. What does that mean if he sees, if Potiphar was able to see God in Joseph? That means he never lost his focus. That dream that he had, despite what things looked like around him, he never lost his focus. Okay? I don't know about you, but that's a certain person to be focused after being betrayed, not just by anyone, by your own flesh and blood. You know, we hear stories all the time within uh, the church where, you know, people come to church and their life starts getting back together and they have to wrestle with some family members who don't accept it, okay? It may not necessarily be betrayal, but it's rough. 
Hold on to your dream. Don't let that take you off track, right? They will see how much God has for you. And we talked about the ending already. They will be blessed because of the spirit that abides in you, all right? So hold on to that. Let's keep going, okay? Fast forward. So now Joseph is serving in Potiphar's house, right? He is actually, he's, like I said, he's like the head foreman, okay? Um, we can go to the next one. And Potiphar's wife sees Joseph and says, hmm, who is this little Hebrew child over here, right? And she looks at him and says, because the Bible says that Joseph was blessed with some good looks. So she looks at him and says, I want some of that, okay? This is Potiphar. This is his boss. This is like the head, like he's a high-ranking officer, right? Some scholars say that he was the head of all security, okay? The dude will shoot you and stab you real quick. His wife is looking at Joseph saying, and she's not just kind of hinting at him. She pulls him aside one day, right? She grabs him by his coat and says, hey, come lay with me. Right? Now, Joseph, now here's the thing about Potiphar's wife, too. That Potiphar had money, and in those days, if you had money, you got to look around and choose your wife. Okay? So let me tell you something about Potiphar's wife. She was chosen for a reason. Okay? In other words, homegirl was hot. Okay? <laughs> um, so Joseph is sitting there looking at her like, I, I, I don't know what to do. Like, she, she's grabbing him, like, come, come, come be with me. He does the number one thing us men need to learn from. He ran. Because sometimes when temptation hits, run. Run. Don't fool yourself and hang around. It ain't a good idea. Just run. Okay? But as he ran, she grabbed a hold of his coat and kept it. Just lost a second coat. <laughs> She grabbed the coat and, and she yelled. Because she's like, how dare you say no to me? She yelled, ah, Ray. Okay. Joseph is gone. She tells the guards, this Hebrew who you brought into our house gave him all of this authority. He tried to take advantage of me. Look, he, as, he tried to, as he tried to grab me, I grabbed onto him. And when I yelled, he ran away. Look, I have his coat to prove it. All right. So Potiphar takes Joseph, throws him in jail. Joseph is now sitting in jail, okay, for attempted rape as an innocent man. See, it's one thing to be in, in, in prison, be incarcerated for a crime you committed and got caught. It's another thing to remain focused and to remain with, a, with the right mindset when you're serving a sentence and as an innocent man, okay? I've done that for one night. I spent one night locked up as an innocent man. And that night helped me readjust my focus and eventually surrender my life to God. That one night, that voice was loud and clear to me. People don't believe you when you're innocent. Innocent to proven guilty? Not necessarily. You're guilty until proven innocent, okay? So Joseph is an innocent man He's in jail now for attempted rape, which means he's going to be there for a while, okay? Keeps his focus. It's amazing. He keeps his focus. 
How do I know he keeps his focus? Because while in jail, he gets put in charge of the prison. There's a gift on this man. It's like the, the, the warden was like, you know what? You run things. You run. Th- I'm going to just sit back. You run things. All right? So he does. Um, and then there's a gift that Joseph has of interpretation. And he, God uses that while he's in jail. Now, here's a little side nugget. There are gifts in us that will never flourish unless we're taken out of our comfort place, unless we're taken out of our normal, you know, tendencies, okay? There are gifts that won't flourish unless we're put in situations, right? You think his brothers, if they had a dream, they were going to go to Joseph and say, hey, Jojo, can you interpret this for me? That gift wasn't going to be used in his home, right? So God has him now in a foreign land saying, there's a gift in you, and no matter who you're around, no matter where you are, we're going to use this gift, and you're going to continue to grow in it, okay? So now, Joseph uses this gift, okay? We can go ahead to the next one. So two guys get sent to prison. One is, the, is Pharaoh's cupbearer. The other one is a baker, right? The cupbearer, and they both had dreams simultaneously. The cupbearer says to him, um, let me tell you this dream. Let, you know, maybe you can explain it. He tells Joseph the dream, and Joseph says, I can tell you what your dream means. Within three days, you will be restored to your regular position, your regular rank within Pharaoh's kingdom. The cupbearer looked at him, and he's all excited. And Joseph said, hey, do me a favor, though. When that happens, when you regain your freedom, can you please remember me? I'm here as an innocent man. I've done nothing. The prison war can attest that I've been nothing but faithful. I've been nothing but a blessing in this place. Can you please tell Pharaoh, okay, to rethink my sentence when you regain your freedom? Cupbearer said, bet, of course, okay? And then the baker, bad move. The baker says, hey, I had a dream too. He tells his dream. I love the boldness because when God gives you a gift, sometimes you got to be bold. It's not always going to be that easy. So the baker tells him a dream, and Joseph says, oh, I'll tell you what your dream means. In three days, Pharaoh is going to snatch your head right from out of your body, hang you, and let the birds eat your flesh. He said this to this dude in prison. <laughs> and guess what? Three days later, both things happened, right? The baker served this sentence. The cupbearer was released. When the cupbearer was released, do you think he kept his promise? Right? Here's Joseph. You just got to see this man. You got to be with this man. He revealed this to you. He showed you God is with me. You forgot all about him. So fast forward two years later. Time is going by here. Time is going by, and Joseph remains focused. Two years later, Pharaoh has a dream, and it's disturbing, and he goes to his people, and he's trying to get, figure out what this dream means. Nobody can figure it out. So then the cupbearer says, oh, man, I totally forgot about this dude in prison. There's this Hebrew dude in prison who has this gift. His God tells him what dreams mean, okay? So then Pharaoh says, all right, well, well let's call him up. So he does. He calls him up. And from his interpretation, 
Joseph is made the CEO. Basically, he's number two in command, okay, after Pharaoh. Now, let me go back. Now, let's go back to that slide in the beginning where it said dreams come true. And the worship team, you guys can come up. After all of this, okay, after this whole journey goes by, here's the moment of that dream, okay? Pharaoh calls him up and says, interpret my dream, and he does. He tells him exactly what's going to happen. And here's what Pharaoh says to him. We read this earlier. So Pharaoh asked him, can we find anyone like this man in whom is the Spirit of God? There's the ending to it. It took a whole lot of focus. It took Joseph living his life understanding that one day I have a God that's so faithful that this dream means something. I have a God that's so faithful that this dream will eventually happen in my life. And I'm going to hold on to it, right? Despite what circumstances look like, whether I'm in a ditch whether I'm in slavery, whether I'm being falsely accused, whether I'm being betrayed by people around me. Come on, it doesn't matter what the situation is. Here's what I believe. I believe in his head. In his head, Joseph was singing, even though I don't see it. Even though I don't see it, I know, God, you're still doing it. Right? Even though situation around me, I don't, I, naturally, I don't get it. It's not there. But inside... He's still doing it, right? We sang it, but what happens when that first trial comes? Do you hold on? Do you close your eyes and see things in the spiritual and say, no, God, I may not see it right now, but you're a God of miracles, right? So Joseph has this blessing come to him. The Pharaoh gives him a beautiful wife. He has a couple of kids. His family is blessed, right, because he remained focused. He makes it to the Bible. Here's my thing for us now. With, and, and we can go to the final verse and the, the final slide. Um, with this time of fasting coming, I think this is just a perfect time for us to say, all right, God, I want to sit in your presence a little bit. All right, I got some time over the next couple of weeks I want to sit in your presence a little bit. And I don't want my 2020 vision to be normal. I don't want my 2020 vision to be average. I want, to, I want you, God, to grab a hold and adjust my focus. Because I know there are some little things and some big things in our personal lives that only God knows about. That he's like, oh, but we got to tweak that a little bit. And I'll be honest with you, sometimes we, we're sitting around ignoring it and we get used to it. Right? But God's like, no, but there's, I can't take it to the next step because you still haven't adjusted. You still haven't tweaked this area. Right? So in, in Hebrews 12, 2, it says this. Fix your eyes. In other words, focus. Right? On Jesus. The author and the finisher of our faith. Okay? If he has already started in you, Amen. He's the finisher. If you know he's already done something, do we have the faith to believe now he's the finisher? Okay? And then for some of us, this is the starting point. For some of us, this is step one. 
And you're like, I've been going around in circles. Am I? It's been a big blur. Right? But today is the day and this is the time for me to zero in and say, no, God, your will and your will alone. All right? We're going to sing one more time, and I want us to really focus in. And we can start today. We don't have to wait. Listen, as I was sitting here praying earlier, okay, you guys can pick that up. As I was sitting here praying earlier, I had this, I don't want to call it a vision because I don't want to sound like, you know, some, some super holy thing going on. But I really had this picture in my head of what would it look like on a weeknight if this place was full of people praying and sacrificing their flesh what would it look like from above? Yeah. Honestly. God just brought me to a moment a few minutes ago as if to say, this is what I'm longing for over this next two weeks. I'm longing to look down at New Life, South Coast, in New Bedford, in Fall River, and I want to see a bunch of people who are saying, God, beyond anything that I can do, Beyond anything that I can do, oh God. We surrender all. And I want to see, man, just picture it. God's eyes looking down at us. Rejoicing at the sight of us worshiping and us praying. Come on and let's worship him. as I mentioned, I think this morning is a great opportunity for some of us to say, all right, I hear your calling. I hear my name loud and clear. I'm in. I'm in. Okay? It's a simple thing. It's called, you are God and I'm not. Okay? Do me a favor. Can you close your eyes with me this morning? We hope this talk has encouraged and challenged you. If it was helpful, share with a friend. And for more information, visit our website at newlifesouthcoast.com. Until next time, 
Have a blessed week.